Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. It's Monday again, which means it's all about you guys on the Paranormal Activity Podcast channel. How did it get to Monday again so soon? I'm not complaining though, because I love hearing your paranormal encounters. My name is Molly. I'm the producer of Paranormal Activity. And every week we like to keep our listeners at the heart of what we do and dedicate a whole episode to you guys and your paranormal experiences. And I am super excited this week because we have a follow-up email to one of our previous episodes. Do you remember Pauline from a few episodes ago? She had two cats called Woo and Bad Bob. Oh my God. I love that name. I love it so much. If you haven't listened to it, just go back, have a quick listen. It's only about five minutes long and then you're completely up to speed. But Pauline had some messages from her uncle Dave who'd passed away and these messages turned out to be true. I'm not going to spoil too much because you can go have a quick listen and then come back. I'll wait for you. Okay, are you back? Have you listened? Let's get into this follow-up email. I am super excited. I love these things. Okay, so Pauline writes, Good morning. Oh my God, you read my story. Thank you so much. I just came back from a week away and was catching up on the podcast and I heard it. You really have made my year and you've made mine for giving us this follow-up email. It felt so good and reassuring to have these snippets of my life read out without that feeling of dread that someone will take the mickey and doubt them. We would never do that. Never, never, never. (laughs) That's just mean and we're very open-minded here. Yeah, the last thing I want to do is take the mickey out of you if you're opening up to us. I got my daughters to listen. Hello to your daughters. I haven't told them anything about my spooky experiences and they were both really shocked and can't believe that I never told them. In my last email, I said about learning the hard way about not telling people about my experiences. I thought I'd share the perfect example of why I don't repeat them. And to be honest, looking back, I can see why it would have looked like a comedy sketch at the time. The Victorian maid I saw scrubbing a doorstep was seen when I was about 14 or 15 years old. This was during the early 90s. My uncle Dave used to be part of a local table Skittles League. The team was the home team for the Checkers Club in Swinford, Leicestershire, and I used to go with Uncle Dave every Wednesday to watch him play. These would be alternate matches at home and away in a different pub somewhere in the Midlands, mainly Leicestershire and Warwickshire. I used to love visiting all these strange old pubs. When it was a home match in Swinford, I'd visit my friend Lizzie, who lived at the other end of the village. While the game was in full swing, I used to sneak out and go and see her for a quick chat. Now... Swinford is a little village with only a couple hundred people living there. 
At the time, the street's light was still the old-fashioned ornate style, some still with a light bulb, not like the fancy metal concrete ones in town. When I used to go and see Lizzie, it would have been 8.30 or 9 o'clock and the Skittle League was in winter, so it was always pitch black at the time I'd walk to her. To get to Lizzie's house, I had to walk past the old orchard and past long, dra- and past long dark driveways belonging to the other farms. The path was only visible with these old, dim streetlights. In hindsight, what the hell was I doing? Not a mobile phone in sight back then. To get to Lizzie's, I would walk along Stanford Road to the lane where she lived. I had to walk past a very large Georgian house on my right. The night I saw the Victoria maid, it was really cold. I remember walking quickly, feeling a bit spooked. I walked past the creepy orchard. I remember telling myself, you've done this walk before, don't be daft. As the road straightened out and the big Georgian house came into view, I saw what I thought was steam coming from the front door of the house. It was white, see-through and billowing. It made me jump. I thought, it's just an air vent, it's just an air vent, it's just an air vent, and kept walking. As I got closer, about 80 feet-ish away, I saw it more clearly. It was a woman. I slowed my walking to a stop and just froze, glued to the spot, and I stared at it. It was a young woman kneeling, scrubbing the doorstep. I recognised her clothing as late Victorian. I'm a costume history nerd, and this is what I've ended up doing as a profession now. I remember just staring at her hair, the bucket, seeing the brush, her apron. I just froze. I remember thinking, nope, and turning round to start walking the few hundred yards back to the pub. I tried to keep myself calm, trying not to panic. I kept walking, then I did it. I ran. I ran as fast as I could. I ran as if that ghost was chasing me with her bucket and brush in hand. I burst into the pub door, panting like a crazy person. Of course, everyone turned to see what the commotion was. Yep, it was me. Panting, trying to catch my breath, I blurted out, I just saw a ghost of a woman scrubbing the steps, and the pub burst into laughter. I can completely understand now how that must have looked. To lighten the moment, the Skittle players were joking, saying it was a local woman who looked like a ghost. I wouldn't talk about it after that. I used to cringe thinking about how dramatic that moment must have been to all those old farmers. But what I didn't know was that the moment was remembered by the locals and they talked about it long after. I found out later that the village of Swinford had quite a lot of activity going on there like choir members being spotted in the church who had died months before and the woman seen walking through the railing outside the church. But of course, it's all dismissed as nonsense. In the days after I saw the woman on the doorstep, I made my Uncle Dave drive back to the house. I had to see it for myself. What if I'd got it wrong? Maybe it was an air vent, but there was nothing there. Just the three large doorsteps, the boot scraper set in the wall, door frame, a beautiful big black door, windows. There were no vents, no holes in the wall for a dryer or boiler. It was just an old house with period features. My Uncle Dave never let me forget that night and always took the mickey, but I know he told everyone and always pointed out that house when we drove by. Oh, I'm really sorry that everyone took the mickey out of you then. Like, I get if everybody's had a couple of pints and stuff and you barge through the door saying you've seen a ghost, people are bound to laugh, but, you know, as if nobody, not even one person came up and was like, oh yeah, it's said to be that they're, you know, da-da-da-da-da. Not even one person came up to you and sort of tried to console you. Really interesting about your profession now that you know that that was a Victorian maid because of your profession. I think that's really cool how it's all sort of come full full circle. She says, my most recent spooky event involved my two cats. Yes, Bad Bob, here he comes. I was reluctant to share this one as I bet you get inundated with pet stories. 
But please let me tell you this one. You know what? Actually, we don't get loads of stories about pets, but I do love to hear them because I, um, I'd, I'd like to know if my dog's on the other side or, you know, still hanging about with me and following me around. That'd be really nice. So yeah, any, any of your pet stories, please do send them through. After my bad Bob and Woo died, my cats from the previous story, we decided to get two little kittens, two jet black beauties called Salem and Oreo. I blame my children for those names. I tell you what, it ain't no bad Bob, but they are good names. They were tiny kittens, very, very gentle and real softies. They followed me everywhere and I had a close bond with the petite Oreo. Unfortunately, Oreo died on a Tuesday morning on the road. Oh, I'm sorry, Pauline. I was heartbroken. She was only two. I buried the beautiful little thing in the garden where she always sat. Salem obviously had no idea where she'd gone. That night when we went to bed, I asked my husband James to put Salem on the bed by my feet. This was where Oreo would sleep every night. As Salem was placed on the bed, he went rigid. His heckles came up. He looked like the perfect black Halloween cat. His back was arched, his hair was standing on end, his ears flat against his head, his tail like a bottle brush. He then lowered his body, cowering on the bed, in the ready-to-fight mode. Salem started hissing. I never heard this cat spit or hiss once since we had him, or since that night. He jumped off the bed, his eyes never leaving the spot James placed him. Oreo's spot. He carried on spitting and hissing, his fur on end cowering to the floor, slowly moving backwards, away from something on the bed that we couldn't see. He then bolted to the cat flap, not to be seen for the rest of the night. That night, I was so upset about my petite Oreo and thinking about poor Salem not understanding. I was awake for ages. Then I felt the bed dip as I thought Salem jumped onto the bed by my legs. But it wasn't Salem. He was out for the night. There was no little cat there. I believe it was Oreo coming back in spirit to sleep in her favourite spot, just letting me know that she's still here. I absolutely believe Salem saw Oreo's spirit on the bed that night and that's what freaked him out. Even James, the most sceptical husband you can get, thought it was unnerving. He just couldn't come up with a reason why Salem did that and to explain it away with a rational excuse. I'll never get him to agree that Salem must have spotted our departed Oreo that night, but I know he did. One day, I'll share the story of the old lady next door. That might have to wait till I move. Please keep up the amazing work. I love this podcast so much. Kind regards, Pauline. Pauline! Pauline, thank you so much for giving us a follow up on that. And yeah, with the Oreo and Salem thing, I do think pets can see things that we can't. So for Salem to act like that, even as your husband said, if he's a complete skeptic, there's no other real explanation for it, especially that spot, which was Oreo's spot. I wonder if her spirit was sort of hanging around and then your husband James has just plonked Salem into that spot and he's like, what the heck? What's going on? You have a whole host of encounters around you. Um, you're so lucky for that because so many people don't, haven't even had one. So for having all this activity going on around you, I think it's really cool. And when you do move, whenever that may be, you know where we are. I want to hear that story about the old lady next door. You're teasing us, Pauline. You really are. 
Um, if you have a story similar to Pauline's, maybe you've seen your late pet, a cat, a dog, a fish, I don't know. Get in touch with us. You can get in touch on WhatsApp on 075-999-27537. On email, that's contact at paranormalpod.co.uk. And if you go to paranormalpod.co.uk, you can find out how to get episodes a day early as well as bonus episodes and of course you can also come and join us on the 5th of October at the Haunted Richmond Theatre with the lovely Gail Porter as we record a live podcast show expect audience interaction terrifying tales and hopefully we'll be able to catch a spirit or two coming out of the woodwork I'm really excited for this I'll be there as well so if you are coming along drop us a message and I'm sure we can come and say hello as for me, I'm back again, right here, same time, same place next week, with another one of your paranormal encounters. Keep your eyes peeled, and if your pet's acting weird, maybe there's a supernatural reason behind it. Because remember, things aren't always as they seem. She had two cats called, oh, I can't remember what they were called. They were called Funny Names. They were called Funny Names. Black, bad Bob. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. <laughs> 